Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hello, sir. Eh, hi. <laughs> and welcome to the latest episode of Zompocalypse Now, our very own little podcast thing we do. Yes. I am Tim. I'm Dustin. And this is the third episode mm-hmm. of the Fear of the Walking Dead Season 4, otherwise known as When We Reboot, We Reboot. We Reboot Hard. <laughs> This episode tonight was a very curious mix of things that kind of bugged me a lot after the previous two episodes, mm-hmm. and some really good storytelling. Right. Um, it's very. I'm like like you said. Like they're they're rebooting hard. I'm. I mean, I'm now of the opinion like anybody that we have not seen. In this episode, I don't even know if they're alive anymore. You know, that's a very good question. Um, this is... Um, we, we had heard that they were basically going to reboot the show. Right. And that it was going to get a almost completely ground-up changeover to mm-hmm. something. And one of the things that was really interesting about tonight's episode was that some of the character moments uh, between Madison and Nick... I was watching them going, who are these people? Mm-hmm. It's like their personalities are completely completely alien to what they were the previous three seasons. And later in the episode, they actually have a conversation that makes me feel like, okay, no, this, this starts to work. And then the end of the episode happened. And I don't think you have to, we have to do it, considering if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Right. But we're, let's just put it up right now. Spoiler, 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 because we're going to talk about the whole shebangabang. Right. And, uh, yeah, so, so where do you want to start? Okay, so... So the, the short version of everything that happens tonight is basically Strand, Alicia, Nick, and Lucy have got them in, have, have captured Al, um, John Dory, and Morgan. Morgan. And they are basically like, you know, take us to, the last episode they're like, take us to where you found the flag, and they're on their way there. Well, kind of, because Al gave them half directions. Right. And because she's still like trying to angle to get like the story out of people, mm-hmm. which is, you know, like, like read a room, <laughs> Al. Yeah. Like, well, th- this whole this the interactions between these two groups of people. Uh, at some point, I looked over at you and I went, "I just want them to just walk up and slap all their faces and go, this is not your stuff. Mm-hmm. You do not. What what makes you think that you get to come in here and just take the, this stuff? You know, and and we're considering that you know back at the at the ballpark, you know, they're wait they have these they, people yeah. outside who are like waiting for them to die so they can come in and take their stuff. And you know, 
the previous three seasons, you could very easily argue that our heroes were the bad guys. Right. Because and... they'd come in, they'd mess up some colony, and then they'd leave. And here you have, you know, everything seems to be a reset where where Madison is optimistic and kind of at peace and together with her kids and she's in a good place. And, and Nick is very, I don't want to go out into the world. I want to mm. be here inside. I, I like gardening. This is my, you know, I'm, I'm happy here. And as the episode plays out, we keep seeing flashbacks. Right. It's, uh, it's two different stories are going on. Nick and Nick and Madison go out on a run to scavenge for supplies. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the rest of the group, the and that's obviously past. Right. And then the other part of the group is going to where the walkers, the 51 flag was found. Right. So, but they're, you know, Al's... Al's insistence on getting everyone's stories is clearly a piece... We're, we're only seeing a piece of her larger story. Mm-hmm. We got so, a few more hints uh, this episode. But overall, her overreaction mm-hmm. to the idea of other people's stories is clearly something that is part of a bigger thing that we right. just don't see yet. Because everyone's looking at her and going, What is your deal, lady? I mean, Strait even says it at one point. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? There's a possibility that no one will be around to hear it. And she basically says, well, the truth is the truth. And if we can keep it for posterity, you know, I think that's important. And everyone just looks at her like, okay, lady. Whatever. So because uh, she has not given the full information on where they're going, uh, Nick starts... Berating her angrily, right? <laughs> and it's so funny because, like, we we at first we're you know it's her like the truth, the video. You have to tell me a story of like, did she just pop fully formed out of the ground? <laughs> did she not see like what happened to get to this point in history? But then she goes, she Al just looks up at him and goes, "Do you know how many times I have been zip tied?" And then like busts out and gets him. She's got a knife in her hand. She's cut through the zip tie. She's holding it at his, at his throat. And everyone's like, oh, God! Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, pull over. This is my, tr- this is yeah, my van. Like, you don't get to have it. And they're like... But then <laughs> you know, around the bend, there's like all these walkers. And she's like, change of plans. <laughs> Go around these walkers. And then you've got to pull over. Well, but then she and Nick in the fight. And... People are thrown around, and kicks happen, and they go off into a ditch. Of course they do. And uh, the very, very heavy, very big tires, uh, based on what we see, I don't really know how it actually got stuck there, but okay, it got mm-hmm. gets stuck there. And the walkers are, you know, a handful of walkers are coming in because, of course, it made a lot of noise. But there's this great shot where you cut to it, and you see everyone just waking up. Mm-hmm. And then you see Alicia and Strand. <laughs> well, it's and Nick Luce, waking up. And, he's, he's, he's knocked out and on the ground, and mm-hmm. Alicia and Strand and Lucy are all tied up, waiting for, I guess, waiting for Nick to wake up. Well, Al and John Doria are trying to get the van out, or the mm-hmm. SWAT. It's not a van. They call it a van, but that's not a van. It's like a... Armored... Uh, Whatever the utility vehicle yeah. of some sort, so they're trying to get that out, and uh, then they realize, well, we can't do it, and uh, and Lucy sort of like begrudgingly is like, okay, fine. I saw tr- some trucks that might be able to get it out a couple of miles back down the road, mm-hmm. and 
so they uh, they come to an agreement uh, that Al and John Dory and Alicia and Lucy and Strand are going to go get a truck to pull the van out. Right. And then, and Nick, Morgan and Nick are going to stay. Yeah, she basically lashes Nick to the truck and says, to make sure you guys come back. And Morgan's like, well, you know, I'm not going to go very fast. I'll just slow you down. I'll stay with him. Mm-hmm. And they go off. So, but, of course, because Nick is, well, first first thing Morgan does is cut Nick loose. Right. And he's like, I can't, you know, because Nick's complaining or wants some food or something. And he's like, go get it yourself. And and he puts the <laughs> knife down, and Nick's like, "Are you afraid I'm gonna like?" And he reaches for the knife, and Nick or Morgan whacks him with the stick. And he's like, "But what if I?" <laughs> just really like cute, like Morgan trouncing him with a stick. And finally, Nick's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go get the the food out of my pack." Then he gets the candy bar. It's a it's a granola bar. Yeah, and it's. Peanut butter, and he goes, "Do you like peanut butter?" And Morgan's like, "I do," and they share a little peanut butter, and and Morgan's like, "I'm just going to go up to the road. Um, you stay here. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't, you wander off. I'm going to come bop your head with the stick." Yeah. And Nick goes inside the van and starts poking around and finds the videotapes. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Some of so them. he finds the camera. And, he, and of course, the, the camera, the the tape still in the camera has Morgan's tail being told right. there. His his very abbreviated, not a whole lot of detail tale. And Nick watches it, and apparently he watches enough of it to get a lot of information about Morgan. We don't really see that before suddenly uh, there's a sound of a car, mm-hmm. and Morgan kind of looks up and kind of here sees it coming, and he gets out of the way, and as it zips by, it's the blue El Camino, and Nick just goes nuts, right, and starts chasing it, and um, at this point in the episode, I looked over at you and I went. Um, you know he can't catch the car, right? right? Yeah. I mean, he's a guy on foot chasing a car down a highway, and the, well, why is he going there? That is so. What is this? Is mm-hmm. stupid. I mean, he, and and this little piece of the episode really bugged me because we see him going down the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Fear the Walking Dead sometimes, or no, uh, uh. Talking Dead kind of sometimes plays while we're doing this. And they were just doing the In Memoriam segment, and it was the one for Nick. And it said, Dear... Oh, spoilers. Nick is dead by the end of the episode. Sorry if we're not going to get there all poetically now. Um, and it said, you know, Oh, dear, dear sweet Nick, don't you... Didn't anyone ever tell you you never look at the flowers? <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, he's like... Is going to go running after this El Camino, and this, I'm, I'm watching this going. What is what is he doing? Because and then immediately following this, we see Nick on some side road, and all I can think is there is no way that that Nick could have seen the El Camino driving as fast as it was, mm-hmm. a far head start as it got. That it had gone off on this side road, and for Nick to catch up, it's that Walking Dead time and distance problem right. where for for the needs of the story people are able to cover ridiculous amounts of, of space, space on foot and time and it just it's it, it's just one of those things that <laughs> on one hand you just have to accept because that's what the show does right on the other hand that's not how things work right <laughs> so, and sometimes we really 
It really hurts. I didn't feel like it hurt that bad this time. Like, it just it just really bugged me because. Yeah. But then he's off on this side road, and then he stops, and there's this little stretch of ground that has uh, blue bonnet flowers mm-hmm. on it, and Nick pauses and kind of wanders in, and we're going. What is he doing? And then now we have to stop here because you have to interspersed with uh, this story, which is the present quote unquote storyline, is a past quote unquote storyline where uh, uh, Nick and Madison are out on this run and they come across the blue El Camino and it's got this disgusting hipster. vulture named Ennis in it and he's got Charlie the little girl with him and they are they are basically somehow Charlie has stolen a radio during her time in the ballpark and they every time that that uh, anyone goes out from a run on the, for the ballpark vultures take their cue from radio go faster get there and steal stuff first and this is the first time they've actually caught them doing it but this has obviously been going on for a while. And Nick goes after him because this guy's basically taunting them. Right. Um, because what we've pretty much determined is that the vultures are a bunch of hipster douchebags. Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, they are kind of the spitting image definition. Look up in the dictionary picture right next to, mm-hmm. you know, prime example of, et cetera, et cetera, of hipster douchebag. Right. This guy's got rings on his fingers, yeah. and you know it's just. I mean, you're looking at him wearing going, a parka with a with a with a blue jean vest over it. He's just the worst. And clearly, they're traveling with somebody who went to you know uh, some sort of barber school because yeah, these guys are having their hair very beautifully sculpted, mm-hmm. and it's just like oh god. And you just want to kill them on general principles because right. I'm pretty sure that you're improving the gene pool. <laughs> because these guys are just, I mean, they are legitimately awful people. And I mean, leaving aside, you know, leaving aside the, the however you might feel about the hipster aesthetic, these guys are just genuinely awful yeah. people. Um, joking aside. But, so Nick goes for him and actually cuts his throat just enough to draw blood. And Madison then, holds him yeah, back. Yeah, Madison catches him. Charlie sees it all happen, and and this actually begins to a, a certain the thing, a thing I really liked, which is when we're watching these characters with Madison being very optimistic and Nick being very reticent to go out into the world. These are these are, are reversals. Uh, in some cases, I mean, Nick's Nick was very mm-hmm. much a I got to go out in the world. I must go out and be everywhere and do everything. And Madison was very much burn it all to the ground. To save mm-hmm. my family. And here she's like, there's beauty in the world. And, right. and we, I, I go out looking for beauty. And I'm like, I don't recognize these characters. And yet after this, they have a conversation. Or uh, during this trip, they have a conversation. Where Nick talks about the reason he wants to be inside these walls. He wants to be, doesn't want to go out in the world. Is that he remembers who he was out mm-hmm. in the world. And the kind of person he became. Right. And obviously a lot of time has passed because, remember, Nick is a junkie. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is that this is someone who has come to terms with what he was in a way that he doesn't want to be that again. Right. Um, And Madison, despite the fact that she has often been, oh, look, it's Madison the sociopath come to kill us all, um, is somebody who's found a good place to be. Mm -hmm. 
And so I like that conversation. Right. So I the do quiet too. moments in this episode actually were really, really good. So, uh, so somehow, through witchcraft, <laughs> Nick catches up to, in the present, quote-unquote, storyline. He gets attacked oh. by walkers. Oh, right. Because the walkers spring from, from the ether mm-hmm. and attack Nick. And then somehow... The guy with the leg wound, oh, right, who's yeah. limping along behind him, catches up with Nick and goes, Hi there, I've come to save you. And Nick's like, oh well, mm-hmm. I was hoping to get eaten by walkers, apparently. Yeah. And then they go on to this town, which is miraculously there. I'm not sure where this town came from. Um, and they but did... you know, although it is, now we're, we're set in Texas, mm-hmm. now that we're set in Texas, that's kind of the thing that happens. Okay. You'll be driving along, and all of a sudden, like, oh, great, grain silos in five five stores. Okay, sure. I was a little bit like that. My family's from there, so I guess I, guess I can see that. Um, so anyway, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how they come across this town, and how Morgan gets away from Nick or in front of Nick because he finds the El Camino first. He does, but first they hold up in this little. Oh, right, I keep this, forgetting this today. little uh, uh, pharmacy pharmacy so thing. That, and by the way, can I can I just say this is a really really dumb place for them to hole up in case of this. It has one entrance, as far as we can tell. Um, it doesn't have a door, and it had two walkers in it. But I don't see how they're getting out if something comes in the door. Mm-hmm. I don't see how it's a defensible place terribly mm-hmm. much. But it gives it gives Morgan a moment to dress his leg wound, mm-hmm. or do just the worst possible. Because okay. Now, I get it that it's TV, mm-hmm. and you have to show, like, if you're going to have a bandage, it has to be shown. Right. But it's just, it irritates me so bad when they do this, like, oh, I'm going to bandage my leg around my pants. Right. You know, you're not covering, you're not keeping the wound clean and sanitary when you you mash your dirty, bloody, shit-covered pants to them. It's just dumb. I The whole thing is. So they chat for a minute, and it looks like there's a whole, like, you know how Nick has that propensity to just, like, glom on to people (laughs) and be like, oh, you're my new spiritual father, and you're going to teach me how to be, you know. Well, Morgan's like, you know, you're not going to get what you want out of chasing this guy. Yeah. And and Morgan's like, I'm out of here. He starts walking away. All right. And he wanders around the corner, and because... This TV show must every now and again be just as bad as it was the first mm-hmm. three seasons. I'm, I'm. This episode is frustrating to me because there's moments that are really, really, really good, and yet you have this thing where, of course, the El Camino is right around the corner. Right. It's like, uh, and Ennis sure. is there, and he's like carrying stuff out of some grain, some some storage silo situation. And he looks over at Morgan and says, "Move along, old man. Nothing for you here." And Morgan's like. Whatever. <laughs> and he's about to, but then he realizes, oh, this is the El Camino. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, oh, you need to get out of here. And, you need to get out of here right now. And this is like, whatever. And then Nick comes around the corner. And he's mm-hmm. like, hmm. And Nick wants to, to fight him. And Morgan tries to stop him. And he doesn't really do a great job of it. Well, he kind of like, he's like, he's already told Nick that he doesn't kill. Yeah. And Nick's like, how are you managing that? And Morgan's like, oh, I just am. And and so he, they're, with, with Morgan trying to stop Nick from coming in to attack him, 
Nick looks at him and says, are you willing to do what it takes to mm-hmm. stop me? Yeah. And Morgan's like, hmm, no, not really. And he gets out of the way. And Nick comes, uh, uh, Ennis is, Ennis? Ennis is yeah. in, inside the silo. And Nick comes in with a hammer and he's like, so, Ennis, <laughs> we meet again. <laughs> right. And there's a fight. Mm-hmm. And it does not necessarily go one way or the other initially. They're both, you know, beating the crap out of each other. Until they knock this set of antlers around. Wow. And as soon as the antlers, like, point, we see the point of the antlers, it was like both of us looked at each other and went, well, Uh-oh. we know how he's dying. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, I have to note that at this point in my life, at that second watching the show... It was, well, I know how Ennis is dying. Right. There was no even thought in my brain that Nick was going to be impaled on those antlers. No, no. Not I, even a second of thought that he would be in, the person impaled on those antlers. No, I, did, I didn't have it either. I was completely convinced that from go that this is how, uh, at least how, or if he didn't die, that at least this is how he's, Ennis was going to get wounded. Right. But that's what happens. Ennis gets impaled on the antlers, and and he starts off starts off sort of like, oh, "Help me, bro!" He's like, "He's like, wait, wait!" And then Nick decides he wants to lean, and mm-hmm. impales him. And it's a, a, a very graphic scene in terms oh, yeah. of you actually watch you know, this, the 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 horns burst through him. You see his you know, blood pour out of his mouth, and he dies. Uh, and and it's it's a it's not a pretty death scene, and, mm-hmm. which it's not supposed to be. And meanwhile, yeah. um, Lucy and and Strand and uh, all those people have gotten got back to the the ATV and they've pulled it out. And well, they've, they've they've well they when they find the truck they had that's where we have the whole conversation about why do you do this thing with the camera mm-hmm. because because there's Strand is doing his whole I'm a negotiator I'm going to come in here and make a deal and I just kept waiting for Al to look at him and go. You don't actually have any power here. Right. <laughs> you actually don't. But there's, for yeah. some reason, there's a uh, a discussion going on here where, as if they are acting as if there is a power yeah. balance. They decide that there is for the terms of the story, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, so. This is where they have the conversation about truth, and uh, Alicia's like, I don't even know how you've survived this long. And I have to tell you now, at this point, um, Al's lesbian haircut mm-hmm. and Alicia's uh, not really having any kind of love interest that lasts very long mm-hmm. has me a little spider tingly. You're starting to ship here? I think I could get into it. I okay. think I could get into okay. Al and Alicia. They wouldn't even need a couple name. Alicia. Oh, God. Oh, God! See, that's too easy. I, I don't know. It's, it just because it's, that's too easy. But... Kind of into it. So, um... I, I, Lucy, I don't see a problem with this. Lu- Lucy and John Dory decide to... Well, wait. Lucy uh, looks at Lucy looks at him and goes, I know how she lived. How she's lived this long. And they said, how? And she goes, she knows her shit. Yeah. Of course, she's wrong about that truth nonsense. Yeah. But she knows her shit. And, and then... <laughs> well, John Dory goes... <laughs> This is one of those great, like, uh, scenes, because he kind of goes, he looks at the ground for a second and goes, they went that way, and then it shows in more than a arrow with sticks pointing, and because they made it, they really made it look like John Dory had done some, like, crazy tracker thing, but no. 
Uh, so he and Lucy go off to to walk to find them. And, and Alan Strand and Alicia stay behind to pull the truck out. Right, which they do with some walker. I don't think we mentioned that the horn has been going off oh, on, the, right, on the van yeah. this whole time. Um, because during the whole uh, Nick tearing after the uh, El Camino, he you know knocked things around inside the truck. and, and Broke up in a strong box and hit caused, the horn. Yeah, and, and some of the horn got jammed and, and ran off. It's not real. It's a little important in the sense this, of the zombies. Uh, even this little section right here... Where Alicia has to, like, take the cable and run down into the zombies and, like, put the thing up and, like, find a way into the trap. It's a good action it's sequence. It's a good little action sequence, but it it's not, it doesn't help anything. It doesn't, it's, we've now spent more time on it than I think the show even <laughs> thought about it. Yeah, I mean, it is a good action scene, but it's not really what the episode's about. Uh, it's just it's a crisis to make sure that Alicia, uh, Alicia isn't there when the mm-hmm. rest of this is going down. Right. So anyway, Nick has just killed Ennis, and everybody kind of shows up. Well, because uh, when Nick kills Ennis, he comes out of the silo, mm-hmm. and Morgan's standing there going, "Okay, so what happened was <laughs> is I lost my wife, and I lost my son, and I lost my friends, and I lost myself, and." Uh, I met someone who who taught me how to be better and and that life was important and it helped and Nick's like really did it <laughs> and Morgan's like yes and well six of one half dozen of the other kind of <laughs> and he hands Nick his little uh, his book on a keto. And he takes the book. Uh, finally, Nick takes the book after he's wiped a little bit of the blood off his hands because right. he's covered in blood. I mean, he's basically you know he wiped he put his hands in the blood on Ennis's face, and he takes it and he's you see him walking around reading the book, and then Morgan hears a noise and walks around the corner, and the van is coming, and he walks out to meet them. Well, Nick is sitting there reading his book, and suddenly there's a sound of a gunshot. Well, yeah. No, he pulled a he he had he had a blue bonnet in his pocket. Right, he pulls out the oh yeah the the, the indestructible blue bonnet. Right, which we look he pulled out. I'm like, wow, that blue bonnet really survived that fight scene. Well, mm-hmm. what's that made out of? And, <laughs> and then we get a flashback to basically Madison pulling the car over mm-hmm. and saying, "Look, it's a field of blue bonnets." And see, Nick, there's something beautiful. And and they, they kind go, of go out and enjoy it. Nick lies down and and sort of just revels and being surrounded by the beauty of nature and as he's sitting there there's this gunshot rings out and he looks down and there's a bullet hole in his chest in his chest yeah like not like you know not like like upper shoulder not like it is it is like a sternum shot it is like you know the kind of place where people generally need to have an emergency room right there to survive and he looks up and he sees Charlie. Little Charlie. And she's holding a handgun, and she's the one who shot him, and she's got this shocked look on her face. And she runs, starts to run away, and everybody runs around the corner because they heard the shot. And Nick, surrounded by Alicia and Lisa and Strand, dies. Mm-hmm. Dies. Nick, Nick, who has been, like, like our intro character to this show. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, despite the fact that he was, you know, his his whole character arc involved glomming on to the nearest nut job mm-hmm. to, to find some meaning and, and focus in his life, 
he kind of was one of the more interesting characters of the show. Right. For a while, but you and I really kind of came to feel that the real breakout character was Alicia. Mm-hmm. You know, she had, I think, a more dynamic, or has a more dynamic uh, relationship with Madison. Because mm-hmm. Madison's whole, like, i got to protect my children, really kind of breaks down to, I've got to protect Nick, because Nick is fragile. Right. And, Bear in know, mind that this is also the guy who paint, who paints himself in gore and wanders out among the undead. Or used to. Yeah. So, I mean, her idea of what constitutes fragile is, eh. Mm-hmm. But that's her mindset when it comes to Nick. Right. And, but in many ways, Nick has been, you know, a very significantly interesting character for this show. And he's gone. Yeah. That's it. I mean, this is not a, this is not a... You know, next episode you're going to wake up and somehow they've managed to patch him up. No, he dies. We watch him die. And I had already initially thought, like, when when Madison pulls the car over to go and look at the blue bonnets, I was already thinking, like, do you think Madison is dead? But I didn't say anything, but now I'm fully, like, I almost... I I will be shocked if they come back to find Madison, if they bring her back, bring bring Al and John Dory and Morgan back to a place where Madison is alive in the quote-unquote current timeline. And I think there's a lot of clues that really point to that, not least of which is Nick's reaction to finding... The Blue Bonnets? To find the Blue Bonnets and finding Ellis. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, you know, it's one thing that these guys have basically been, you know, penned us in and, and they're waiting for us to die, but his reaction was not... You know, I don't like you. His action was, I'm going to murder you. Right. This is not, you know, there was no hesitation. There was no, should I think about this? It's, here is my hammer. There is your skull. Right. Let's have these two things connect. He was, I mean, it was definite in his mind that his his goal was murder. And that kind of reaction, um, the, the the way that our character, these, you know, these characters reacted at the very end of the first episode, something happened that we haven't seen yet. Right. And we were, you know, you can kind of work under the theory that it was something that happened at the ballpark, but um, I think I think you're right. I think I think Madison's dead. Uh, I think everybody at the ballpark is dead. I think I, I know I joked about it earlier, but I I have this feeling that what we're gonna we're gonna probably do this dual timeline thing mm-hmm. for a while, and so that'll give Nick. They're not gonna, you know, Nick will be in the in the earlier timeline in the golden timeline, right? Um. And slowly, those timelines are going to fill in. Come, or the, the the past is going to catch up to what's happening now. And I have this feeling: what's essentially going to happen is that the scavenger people are going to be are essentially just going to get tired of waiting. Mm. Or, or, or Madison and Nick, or, or certainly Nick, is going to poke at them enough. Yeah, that there's going to be a reaction. I think you're right. I think something is happening here that causes. The rather extreme reactions that we're getting from the characters. Um, I think somehow Jenna Elfman might survive because she's new enough to bring mm. into the mix. I don't know. Like we'll have to. We'll have to see. Yeah, I know. It's just. But I have to say that I am excited about this season. Three episodes in, in a way I have not been excited about this show. Period. Yeah, because the problem the Walking the the fear the Walking Dead had that the Walking Dead never had was you were pretty sure that 
Nick and Alicia and Madison and what was his name, the dad? Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, and dad. Chris, the geeky, the terrible son. Like, that, that core cast strand, nothing bad was going to happen to those people. And we had three seasons, almost three seasons, where that was mm-hmm. so blatantly the case. Um, so much so that when Travis is killed, mm-hmm. when he's shot in the helicopter, we were like, what? what? What just happened? Because, you know, Chris is, at that point, Chris is dead. Right. And that... We were kind of okay with that. And we were okay with that, but it was also because it really was a defining character moment for Travis. Mm-hmm. And it actually gave Travis some much-needed character development. Right. That he was going through that experience with Chris, and that he came out the other side. So, to have that happen, to have that, that situation where Travis had gotten to the point where... So much of what was holding him back in this world has gone. And then to die, suddenly we were like, what just happened? Mm -hmm. And then um, the rest of that season unfolded, but we were like, even more so. It was everyone around these characters can burn to the ground, but nothing can touch them. Yeah. And it did. And it did happen on more than one occasion that that everyone died. People end up... Going down rivers, uh, dams end up blowing up, right. things like that. Nobody die. I mean, our character, core characters don't die. They Somehow these guys are indestructible. And yet, three episodes into this season, Nick's dead. Mm-hmm. And we think, and we think uh, uh, Madison is dead, too. So it's a really interesting place the show is at right now. I'm, I'm actually enjoying this. Yeah. That's weird. Only it took us... Four years. Four years. Well, we've we've had times where we loved the show. There were a lot of episodes last season that we actually really mm-hmm. thought were well done. But overall, I mean, especially the first and second seasons, there were some really rough patches with this show. So I don't know. I'm I'm. I think we're in an interesting place, and I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking forward to finding out things like what is up with Al and her search for the truth. Oh my gosh! Well, we didn't mention that at one point her lockbox was broken open. And in there's a bunch of tapes. She's got a right. lot of tapes. And they made a big point about showing the, the box that says The Bog on mm-hmm. it. So there's something there. But Anyway, interesting place for the show to be. Um, R.I.P. Nick? R.I.P. Nick. Wow. That's it. Yeah. That's the whole episode right there. So until next next time, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's, what's happening now. Well, so thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And always, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes or podcast.com or any other places, if you could please rate or comment. If you could follow us on Facebook, we have a, a Facebook page, it's Apocalypse Now. Uh, easy to look up. If you, well, I guess spelling's Apocalypse, but if you're listening to the podcast, you know how to spell it. Yeah. So find us on Facebook. Uh, Dustin and I both tweet. We should really do a Twitter account. Uh, for is on Apocalypse Now, and we've said that like three weeks in a row, and have yet to do it. Uh, so. Yeah, and I keep I keep meaning to to create one, but we'll get to, we'll get to it eventually. But thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week with more is on Apocalypse Now. I'll see you next time. Good night. Have a great uh, week of living living your life. Um, it's it's a good feeling. To know you're alive. <laughs> Apocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey. All rights reserved.